listening to Victory Alabang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. And good morning to everyone. All right, I'm super excited because again, we are in a series that is for the young generation, for the next generation. And this series is, its heart is really for us to know what God's heart is in the youth of today and even tomorrow. And speaking of if you know, you know, one thing that I want you to know about me is that I used to play volleyball. I used to be a varsity player for USD and I played semi-pro for, before I went full-time. And one thing that I usually do to get me pumped up before a game is that I usually watch international games right before I play. So what I will do is I would observe them. I would watch how they're doing these things. Oh, so ganun pala magbato ng bola. Ah, ganun pala magspike. And then I'll copy that. And then the day of practice, I'll go there. Okay, so uh, how do I do that again? Okay, am I doing it right? I'll train hard and do hard. Because I remember that's how they were doing it. And then come game day, I would focus and say, okay, let's go. The Nishida, I'll spike like Nishida. I will dig like Grebenikov. These are popular volleyball players, just so you know. <laughs> and I will be like, this is how I will play. I'll play like them. And then every time I score a point, yeah, I'll do great because I got inspired from how they did theirs by watching the game. I don't know about you, of who inspired you, but I'm sure someone did, right? You had a role model who inspired you to do what they were doing. See, these are what great leaders do. They inspire us to become better people. They inspire us to do and live out just the way they're living things out. My question is, do you believe that you are also an inspiration to someone else? That someone is there looking at you, watching your every move, <laughs> trying to imitate what you're doing. Do you believe that? That you are an inspiration to someone else? Maybe you're here like, parang wala naman. <laughs> but if you don't, you know, John Maxwell describes leadership as influence. And he was saying that the shyest person in the world can influence at least 10,000 people in their lifetime. Meron ba, nandito ba yung shyest person in the world? <laughs> so if, if we're not the shyest person in the world, then most probably we are influencing more than 10,000 people in our lives. But the question is, what are we influencing them? What are we inspiring them to do? When they look at our lives, what will they imitate? How is your life inspiring the next generation? How are we leading them to a life led by Christ. 
Today, we will continue on the passage that we've been reading last week. And we would see how God raised a leader in David. So if you're ready, can I ask everyone to please stand up? And we will be reading from Psalms chapter 78. I'll be reading from verse 67 to 72. Verse 67 says, He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. He built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth which he has founded forever. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing use, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. With upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hand. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. I pray that you would speak to each and every single one of us. That you would inspire us to become the leaders you would want us to be. And Lord, I pray that at the end of this day, that your word will not just be head knowledge to us, but it will transform our lives for the better. Lord, we thank you. We honor you in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, you may take your seats. All right, three things I want to glean on in this passage. And this is the position uh, our perspective in leadership, our posture in the leadership positions, and our practice in leadership quality. So ito yung pag-uusapan natin today. As we talk about this, we will be in the know of what God's heart is in inspiring the next generation to become servant leaders. So let's go first to the leadership call, our perspective in the leadership call. If you go back to the text, the background of the text is that the people back then were disobeying God, suffering the consequences, and then we find God saving them. And then history repeats itself. People would disobey God, experience the consequences, and then God saving them once again. And then history repeats itself. Up until this point where God says enough, it's time to establish his presence and raise up a leader that will give peace and order and set a direction to the people that they may glorify God. And this is where we are picking up from in the story. In verse 67, it said there, He rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim, but he chose the tribe of Judah, Mount Zion, which he loves. He built his sanctuary like the high heavens, like the earth, which he has founded forever. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. What you will notice in this series of texts is that first, God rejected the tent of Joseph. He did not choose the tribe of Ephraim. But then, he chose the tribe of Judah. And in verse 70, he chose David, his servant. What we see here is that this was about God's choosing. You see, it's good to be chosen by men. Would you agree? 
You know how, for example, you've been working so hard day in, day out. You're clocking out, you're clocking in your hours, all those tears sweat so that you can get that promotion. And then all of a sudden, your manager, your boss would tell you, okay, John, I see your work. I choose you to be promoted for this position. Wouldn't that be great? Right? And no matter how hard the responsibility may be, you would be like, yeah, let's do this, finally. Yes. <laughs> or for example, so many suitors. And then finally, ikaw yung pinili. You were the one chosen. Ikaw yung sinagot. Wow, guapo. <laughs> Sarap, di ba? To be chosen by men. It's good to be chosen by men, but as men, we would only choose based on our preferences. Right? That no matter how good you are, if the one choosing don't prefer you, then you would, wouldn't be chosen. No matter how beautiful or handsome, or handsome you are, and then if that person don't like you, is not, you're not his type, then Nothing. You know, sometimes even in leadership, we can be biased on our own preferences as well. Just like Samuel and Jesse, when God told Samuel that, you know, go through the sons of Jesse because from his sons, I will appoint a king for Israel. And then when that happened, Jesse was bringing out his sons. He gave the eldest, Ah, this guy, this son of mine, he is strong. He is a warrior. This must be the leader, the king that God would want to have in Israel. They were dictating. He was dictating what or who the leader should be. But look at God's response. But the Lord said to Samuel, No, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because... I have rejected him. For the Lord sees, not as man sees. Man sees on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. How do you see yourself today? How do, you, how do we look at the people around us? Do you look at them saying, Ah, this guy... He's good in speaking. He should be a great leader. He's strong. He's valiant. Ah, leader to in the future. Or do you look at them and see, ah, yeah, this guy, no, he's stuttering. Eh? He might not be a good leader. Maybe not towards others. Maybe towards ourselves. You know, I'm not for leadership. I can't lead. I'll just let someone else lead. Someone, I'm not... I, I'm not good in leading people. I'll just follow. Okay na yun. Iba na lang. Or maybe you're here and say, ah, oh, I'm best at every skill. I should be the leader. I should be the president. I should be whatever. We can look at outward appearance, but God looks in the heart. How do we look at the next generation? Do we look at our children and say, ah, Si Bunso, naku! Sakit sa ulo niyan. Walang ginawang tamat. Panay TikTok na lang. Sayo na lang sayaw. Wala na atang pag-asa sa buhay. Do. Or maybe, we look 
And even say, ah, si ate, ah, oh, she's very good. Her grades are super high. She has a bright future. In fact, she was so sad being just a second honor, hindi siya first honor. She's a bright future ahead of her. You know what? We can look at the next generation that way and try to dictate and say that, you know, this has a potential, this has none. But who are to say who is capable of leadership or not? Again, the man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks in the heart. And if we remember the verse, we get to see that it was God's choice in appointing leaders. It is good to be chosen by men, but even greater to be chosen by God. See, the leadership call is a call of God. It's not of man. It's not up to us, but it's up to God. John 15, 16 said, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, He may give it to you. It is God's choosing. Not our choosing. God choosing us, appointing us, and He's the one making us bear fruit as we continue to abide. Because again, a fruit wouldn't bear fruit if it doesn't abide in the vine. But as we continue to abide in Him, we get to hear His call for our lives and we get to fulfill that. And He is the one who makes us bear fruit. Just as David did. He, God, remember, God chose David, His servant. David was first a follower of God. And that's why we are as well to follow God, to abide in Him. And we understand that when God calls us to leadership positions, it is God who will make us bear fruit as well as we continue to abide. And you know, as we understand that it is God who calls us, not men, then it makes it a privilege for us to answer the call. It makes it a privilege for us because who am I that I get to be chosen by God yet God chooses me. And my confidence now is not because of my skills but it is through God who appointed me and I believe that He is the one who will make me bear fruit just as He had promised. That's where our confidence lies. And in the same way when we understand that it is God who calls, then it takes away our judgment towards others that maybe they are not called by God to lead. It takes away the judgment towards the next generation that they are hopeless and helpless. But then understanding that it is God who calls that no matter what age they are in, no matter what stature they have in life, that God can use them. And so we can face our children face to face and tell them, I believe in you. Maybe not yet in the, in the capacity uh, or their capabilities, but we get to say, I believe in you because I believe in the God who called you. That we get to believe in the hope in the next generation to raise them as leaders. Not just as leaders who would still follow us, but I'm excited for the day to come that we would be raising leaders whom we would be willing to follow. Because God was the one who appointed them and is making them bear fruit. Because you know, at the end of the day, it's not about what we can or cannot do, but it's about what God can do in and through you. It's not about us. 
not about our call, but it is God's call. And knowing that leadership is God's call, then we get to respond in faith to the God who called. In faith that God is the one who called us. In faith that God is the one who calls the next generation. That's why we get to embrace this leadership call that God has for us. This is the perspective that we need to have in the leadership call. And moving on, we go to the leadership position. What is a position or a title that you've been longing for for the longest time? That's CEO or manager, attorney, doctor, senior citizen. Discounts all over the place. When I was younger, my dream, the title that I was really longing for was to be Architect John DePante. So I took up architecture. And in my mind, I wanted to have that title because people were telling me that if you're an architect, you'll be rich. Any architects here would attest to that? <laughs> they were saying that, yeah, you'll be rich and it would be nice to have, you know, in your graveyard that your name would be long. <laughs> the architect John DePante. But you know what? These titles, these positions are great, but I hope that these are not the things that we long for, that we would try to grasp. For we can have all these titles, but completely miss out on why God called you there in the first place. See, servant leadership is not, isn't serving only so that you can get a title or because you are in that title. Servant leadership is serving in whatever capacity the needs of the people around you. If you go back to the verse, verse 70, he chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing use, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. If you look at that, we get to see that, yes, David was starting, started off by serving the sheep, serving that flock. The reason he fought the bears and the lions wasn't so that ah, I, I need to fight this because I will be the king someday. This is part of my uh, CV. <laughs> but he wasn't doing that. He was there protecting from the bear and the lions because he wanted to protect the sheep. He was serving the sheep because at that moment, that was the thing that was entrusted to him, the sheep. Eventually, we get to see in scripture that his dad, Jesse, was telling him, hey, get some bread and give them to your brothers who are out there in the war. What did David do? That was the need. He responded to the need. He served his father. He served his brothers. What happens next? Goliath came taunting their nation and even mocking God himself. And he was there saying, Hey, you don't mock my God. My God will fight for us. He was fighting for God. He was serving God. And at the same time, he was serving the people. You will not take over this nation. God would fight for us, so I will defend my nation. I will protect my nation. 
He was there not because, oh, I'll be the king of Israel someday. No, no, no. He was there just to protect. He served God. He served this nation. He served his dad. He served the sheep. Eventually, he was serving King Saul. Even many times, Saul tried to kill him. And many times, he had the opportunity to murder or kill Saul back to save his life. But what did he do? He continued to serve Saul and said, no one will touch the, king's, the, the Lord's anointed one. He continued to serve. And who would have thought that from shepherding a sheep, God would promote him to shepherding a nation, that he himself would be the king. And you see, what we can learn from here is that David was just simply faithful to what God has entrusted to him at that very moment. Our task is just to be faithful as well, and then God gives us the promotion. Because God is the one who gives promotions, not us. Our task, task is only to be faithful to what God had called us to. Because leadership position is a position of service. It's not, what's in it for me position? It's a, what can I do for you position? Those titles, those positions should only be our avenue to be able to serve God or serve others in a greater capacity. It is serving others. I hope that our service, our serving the needs of others be the reason for our leadership. Not the titles, not the rewards, but is to serve others. For this is the essence of what servant leadership is. What has God entrusted you today? Who are the people God is surrounding you right now? What are their needs? How can you meet their needs with the things that you currently have? How can you serve their needs? This is the essence of servant leadership. See, when the next generation sees us, sees that what we value are not the position, but the people, then we get to demonstrate to them that leadership is about the people. It's selfless. It's not selfish. It's about inconvenient or inconveniencing ourselves for the convenience of others. To provide peace, order, direction to people. And we get to help them also be faithful in the season that we're, they're in. See, when we know that God had placed a dream in their lives, in the next generation's lives, let's say, for example, your child would come up to you, I want to be a chef. You know, you wouldn't bring them right away to culinary school when they're just six years old, five years old. But what do you do? You help them. Have them, kahit pansit kanton lang. Okay, itlog. Help them in little ways. You be with them. Help them serve. Not, not, just, not just help them in the skills. Not just the how, but also the why. That remind them that the reason that they're doing this is so that it can help others. You help them make, make them see that as she cooks, you know, she gets to feed the hungry, serving others. 
what does the next generation need right now? Those in your homes, your classrooms, what do they need right now? Do they, do they need time from you? Do they need a listening ear, someone whom they can rant with long quality time? Are they, are they confused with what they can do or what they should take in college? What do they need right now? How can we be of service to them? See, this is again the position of service because this is what servant leadership is all about. And that's why we would faithfully serve whom God has entrusted us. We would faithfully serve, God, serve whom God has entrusted to us. This is the second point, again, the leadership position. And we go on to the last, the leadership qualities. As we talk about the qualities we practice, we see here the qualities that David had as a leader. Verse 72, with upright heart, he shepherded them and guided them with his skillful hands. See, what we can see here is that it is both character and competence. Character with an upright heart. In other translations, it says the integrity of the heart. And then in the next is skillful hands. That's, that's competence. With skillful hands, with knowledge, with understanding. With skillful hands and upright heart. It's both competence and character. You can't just have one. They need to go hand in hand. Hindi pwedeng puro puso lang, wala namang skill. Or hindi rin naman pwedeng panay skills lang, pero walang puso. Pera-pera lang. You know, after two years of not working out because of the pandemic, sige na, I admit, <laughs> so I finally played volleyball again. And, you know, there I was playing, first time pagpawisan, expired na yung pawis ko. I was there playing once again, and I wanted to, uh, you know, make my, uh, my team win. And then in the middle of the game, in the middle of the rally, my setter sets a beautiful set to me. And when I was preparing to spike it, in my mind, ah, oh, stop yung ano, slow-mo. I remember that kind of set, such a beautiful set. I remember yung college days, ganda nung set, pag ganun yung set, I would jump high and I could pick wherever I want to and then hit it hard there. And in my mind, in the middle of the approach, I was like, that's what I will do. And then when I finally jumped, I remembered gravity takes its place. Two years of not working out. And then the ball just came over. <laughs> My heart was there. Puso ko nandun na. But skill-wise, I need to develop once again. You see, this is leadership. It needs to have both skills and heart. 
Competence and character, an upright heart and a skillful hand. We need to develop them both. We need not, we shouldn't stop developing them. There shouldn't be a time in our life that we would say, I am great at this already. But we would always have that posture of, I can do so much more. God can do so much more in me. And that's why I am developing this. But when we look back at that verse, you know, we can take that verse and think that, you know, these qualities are the qualities I need first so that God can call me to become a leader. We might think that these are what is needed first, that it's a prerequisite, an upright heart and a skillful hand. And what if, you know, you're here saying, I still don't have, I'm, my heart isn't perfect yet. My hands aren't that skillful yet. How can God call me? But you know what? Though we may think this way, you know, actually these are qualities developed by God in us because of our call. God does not call the qualified, but He qualifies the called. So the leadership qualities are actually qualities formed by God. God had, a call, had called David to be king of Israel. But God molding him did not start when he was there appointed as king already. God molding him in his character, in his skills, right before that happened. Right when he was there in the sheepfolds, tending the sheeps. From that place, God started to test his heart, his willingness to serve, his heart to protect his heart to follow God. See, God taught him how to fight the bears and the lions and then eventually taught him how to fight Goliath and then eventually God was allowing him to fight the armies and then a nation. We get to see the progression of the story of David and how God was molding him, his character and his skills all throughout his life so that when he achieved or when he is there in the point that he is already the king of Israel, he is already qualified. And so, you know, if you look at our lives today, whatever is that season you are in, you know, every season is a preparation for the next season that God would give you. And that's why we are to be faithful in that season because in that season, God is molding you, molding us both in character and in competence. Because of this, you know, we will continue to develop our character not so that we would get called, but knowing that we are already called by God. We would develop this. We would try to, we would give our best in everything. Our heart, we will give it all. We would give everything so that our skills would gain the next level. And this is the reason we will help the next generation as well live their lives of integrity and excellence. Because yes, maybe we look at them right now. Maybe skills aren't there yet. Maybe makulit pa rin sila. But you know what? In that season, in that moment that they're playing with their friends, God is already molding them right there. God is already molding their character. Maybe yung forgiveness isa isa. When God is putting them in this certain school. Let's help them be faithful to sa mga exams na hindi lang, ah, hindi, sige, anak, wag mo nang gawin yan. Bumawi ka na lang sa college. No, but 
right there in their place. We get to, to help them, you know, who give your all, even if that's just a quiz, you know, give your all, be excellent there. Don't cheat even if online class naman, di naman makikita ng prof mo. Sige, diba? We help them where they are right now. We help them be faithful because through that, God is molding them in that season. That that season is their preparation for the next season that God is about to give in their lives. That's why we will train up a child in the way they, wish they should go. That even when they grow old, they will not depart from it. We will teach them to love God and to serve other people by showing them how we love God and how we serve people. We will show them how we give our best even in the littlest of things and how we will do what is right even when no one is looking. We will serve with integrity and excellence. Knowing that it is God whom we are ultimately serving and He deserves our best. This is how we lead and this is how we will inspire excuse me, inspire the next generation to servant leadership. We will lead with integrity and excellence because of our faith in Jesus Christ. You know, you've noticed that as we were talking about this text, several recurring themes that we can see. And that is leadership, integrity, faith, and Excellence. And we all know that life, L-I-F-E, without the F, is just L-I-E. And this is the reason we continue to live out our faith, to proclaim and demonstrate the gospel, not just to our generation, but to the next generation. And if you know our church if you know our movement, God's call in this body of Christ, you know that our call is a call to reach the next generation. And that as every nation campus, as a church, we go out there in the campuses and prepare and empower students for life, leadership, integrity, faith, and excellence. This is what we do as a campus ministry. And you know these things that we are talking about earlier. These are not just ideals. You know? But these are actually things that are happening already in our midst. And I want to share with you a testimony of one of our students who is also a real-life scholar. And I want you to watch this video of her. This is Erica Quebec. And see how God inspired her to become a servant leader herself. Let's all watch the video. One of the things that I truly appreciate about Every Nation Campus is the way they teach students to see the essence of building the right foundation. They do it by preparing students for life. Leadership, integrity, faith, and excellence. Naalala ko nung sadyante pa lang ako. Nasa environment ako kung saan lahat ng bagay ay okay lang. Kahit mga maling bagay, tulad na lang ng cheating. Cheating was considered being discarded at that time. Kung gusto mo ipasa ang exam, hindi mas mabuting mangopya ka na lang. Imagine spending my two years in high school with that kind of mindset. 
I wasn't able to realize that cheating is toxic and not beneficial in the long run until someone introduced me to Jesus and how he is the perfect definition of the word integrity. My coaches in church helped me to understand the importance of integrity and the effect of it in my life. They taught me that integrity is more than being cool, being true, and honest because it is about being dependent on the grace of God. At the same time, it is also our responsibility to be a good steward of what God has entrusted to us. I truly appreciated my leader who showed me God's grace and love through excellence and integrity. I'm so thankful na tinulungan niya akong maintindihan yung pwedeng maging consequence ng cheating sa buhay ko. At hindi lang sa buhay ko, pero maging sa future ng bayan ko. If it weren't for the campus ministry that God used, hindi ko makikita nakaakibat ng integrity ang nag-uumapaw na pagpapala na nagmumula sa ating Panginoon. Now, after working for five months, I've already been given the responsibility to handle the sales data of our company. And of course, money is involved, so the responsibility of temptation. Yet, I carried in my heart the teachings about integrity. It is more than being true and honest. It is about stewardship. And it requires God's grace. As I continue my service in this company, my only prayer is by the grace of God, I won't forget the promises of the Lord so that I'd be a good example of being a child of God who exhibits integrity and, ex- and excellence. Not just in my workplace, but even in my family and community. I give God praise for that. You know, that's just one of the many stories that we have. And maybe you have that story as well. But you see the impact of the gospel to the next generation. We see the impact of how when we live out servant leadership in our lives, it inspires the next generation to do the same. And that's why I thank every one of you who are giving their all to be the servant leaders that God would want us to be. I want to thank you for opening your lives, your willingness and your availability to be used by God to answer the call of leadership in your life so that we get to demonstrate what true leadership is when we fear God. So to the ministry partners out there who is financially blessing our campus missionaries to go out there in the campuses, I want to say on behalf of our team, thank you so much for your support. To those who are actively praying for our missionaries, our intercessors, our prayer teams, our friends, thank you for your unceasing prayers, night and day praying for us, our well-being. Thank you so much for all of your prayers. And lastly, thank you for all of you who are going out there, the volunteers, the leaders that we have who are faithfully and joyfully serving us in the campuses. Lalo ngayon, bumalik na yung pasokan. Ang dami mga volunteers na sumasama to disciple the next generation. I thank you, not just the volunteers and the leaders, but even the parents who are actively discipling their children. We thank you because you know that what we're doing now, there is an eternal value in the things that we are doing. And that more than just leading them, 
in this world, we are actually leading them to Jesus Christ, their Savior. See, this is our team right now as campus missionaries. Four of them are actually sent to San Pedro, and eight are actively here in, in Alabang. We are in eight campuses right now in Alabang that there's active work. But there are more than 50 campuses, around 70. If I'm not mistaken now, especially that schools are opening up once again, we're barely scratching the surface. And we will not stop preaching the gospel and demonstrating the gospel up until at least if there is still one student who does not know Jesus, we will not stop. We will continue on preaching the gospel, demonstrating the gospel. And this is not just the work of the campus missionaries, but this is all of us. We can't do this alone. We won't raise a next generation just on our own, but we will do this together. And you know, we might be looking here at David. We might be inspired by the life of David and how he had led the Israelites and how he is impacting our lives now. But even, even with so much uh, awe in David, you know, still David fell short. Still David sinned. Still, he is a man. He sinned against God. If we are in already inspired with the life of David, you know what? That there was a greater leader than David. A greater king than King David. A king that was raised up by God. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That in this world today, we, we may have so many things happening all around us, but I believe that God is bringing us up into a place that there can be peace. There can be joy. There can be love. Not, not just through David, but through Jesus Christ. The king that he raised up. This king that is being pertained to in Isaiah 9 verse 6. Jesus Christ, who came here, the Son of Man, who came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ, He came here in this world to address a need that we all have. The need of a Savior because of our sins. Because our sin would bring us to eternal death. But because of God's love for us, He sent Jesus Christ, that Savior who would serve our needs, that leader who would serve our needs, who will not count equality as his, with God as thing to grasp for, but He came here to serve, to follow God and serve the people, to serve us, to save us from our sins, so that we might not die in eternal death. 
But through Him on that cross, He obeyed God. He served God and served the people even up until death on the cross because He knew that only through His death on the cross that there can be forgiveness of sins. This is what leadership is all about, that He served God and He served people. And it not just impacted himself and the people in that generation, but it continued on from generations to generations. The thing is, it did not end in Christ's death because three days after, he rose again from the dead. He proved that he is indeed the God, that he is the Son of God, that in him there is life, that not even death can stop him. That his leadership is, did not end, but his leadership continues on even up to today. Even up to today in our lives. That ang ganda kasi, we're, just not looking, we're not just looking at Jesus Christ as a model from afar, but he is with us every step of the way, guiding us, molding us as we give our lives to him, allowing him to move in our lives. We get to live this out. Servant leadership. We get to live out what He did as well because the same Spirit that was with Him is the same Spirit that is now with us. And this enables us to be a servant leader to the next generation. That's why this is possible. And it only takes a willing heart and available uh, and our availability to God to use us for His glory. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victoryalabang.church.